Welcome to True Crime Daily. Even though the stories you'll hear are short, they are very much intended for an adult audience. The stories you'll hear cover some very serious subject matter, and they contain content that will be alarming for some listeners. Today's episode will be especially hard to listen to. It deals with violence against an infant. Listener discretion is advised. In March of 2008, on a dark corner in New Jersey, Sean Glassy was set along with a group of other teens, to ambush a 17-year-old. Via SMS, they lured him to a street corner, and as he approached with a girl, they lay in wait. With his arrival, the group pounced on the 17-year-old. Sean slashing a knife through the air. He caught his victim with the knife across the face and the arm, before dropping the blade. Quickly, the 17-year-old grabbed the knife and held it up in self-defense. He too now slashing it through the air. The knife caught Sean Glassy under the arm. Police responding to calls about a street fight would arrive in time to find only Sean laying in a pool of his blood. Rushed to hospital, he was pronounced dead. Five years later, Sean's mother, Sherry West, would take Sean's 13-month-old half-brother out in his stroller. The sun was out on the 21st of March 2013 in Georgia, and it was the perfect opportunity for Sherry to take baby Antonio out for a walk. With some errands to run at the post office, Sherry strolled down the street at around 9am that morning. While she enjoyed the time with her son, she was quickly put into a situation of dealing with two unwelcome teenagers, Demarquis Elkins, 17, and 15-year-old Dominique Lang. Elkins put a gun in her face and he demanded she hand over whatever money she had. When Sherry said she had no money to hand over, the older teen got aggressive. And he threatened Sherry by asking if she wanted him to shoot her baby. She screamed for them to leave her baby alone. With no money produced, Elkins fired the gun, first into the ground, then he held it towards Sherry. He shot and he missed, grazing her ear, and again in her leg. He turned, and he threatened her one more time, now with the gun pointed, point-blank, at baby Antonio. Again, no money was produced. He pulled the trigger, shooting Antonio in the face, killing him instantly. As Sherry dropped to the ground, the two teens grabbed her purse and fleed the scene. Sherry and bystanders tried CPR to revive her baby, but it was no use. He was gone. An anonymous tip would lead to the arrest of the younger teen Lang, and despite repeatedly lying to police, he would eventually lead them to Elkins. Sherry picked the two teens out of a lineup. The murder of a baby was all over the news. The coverage was so much in fact that the trial had to be moved in order to avoid a contaminated jury. The teens were tried separately, and during the trial for Elkins, the defense would work hard to point the finger at Antonio's parents making the argument that there was no actual witnesses to the murder other than Sherry, and pointing out how often Sherry was smiling or laughing in the police interviews after the murder. They also pointed out just how much she spoke about money and how expensive it was to have a baby. The defence presented the case that it was a known fact that West and Antonio's father, Luis Santiago, did not want their baby. 
and that they'd even try taking out a life insurance policy on him after his murder. The defense attorney argued that the younger teen Lang was not a credible witness, and in fact, his older cousin had also been in the area at the time and matched a very similar description to that of Elkins. The argument was made that Lang was pointing the finger at Elkins to protect his cousin. When it was argued that Lang was not a credible witness and that his testimony be thrown out, the judge denied the request. Lang pointed the finger square at Elkins and told the court that he counted down from five before shooting the baby in the face. The prosecution pushed for the death penalty for Elkins, but given his age at the time, that was not an option. He was ultimately sentenced to life without parole, despite his attorneys arguing that was a cruel punishment for a juvenile. And they used his upbringing as a potential explanation for his behaviour. His mother was a drug addict, and he was often left alone at home without food or care for days at a time as a toddler. The judge was uninterested in this as a defence and told the court what he had done was the most inhumane and vile act. Elkin's mother stood with him at the trial facing her own conviction of evidence tampering. Police would ultimately find the gun, but she was trying to hide it for her son. She was sentenced to 10 years in prison. Lang was tried separately and whilst his defence were unsuccessful in having his trial moved to a juvenile court, they were successful in securing him a plea deal, which would ultimately see him serve no more than the two years he'd already spent in jail leading up to the trial. Sherry West addressed the court in a victim impact statement to sound like a nursery rhyme. It went, his first word was never heard, his first sentence was never said, he never got to sleep in a toddler bed. <laughs>